Hello everybody, welcome to The Gathering Podcast and we're on week three of Advent, which is the focus being joy. What a great focus, um, particularly in the madness, chaos, sometimes anxiety-ridden um, prep towards Christmas. I think there's no better topic, subject for us to look at than joy. So, following on from the previous Advent podcasts, I'm actually going to read out four different verses for you today. We're going to go from Isaiah 9 to Luke 2. So looking at the original prophecy again, because it's just so beautiful. Jumping into the the nativity story in Luke 2. Then we're going to go to Zephaniah 3 and finish in John 15. And all of these passages I've, I've looked at are all centred around joy. The theme, the subject of joy. So... Again, I'm going to I'm gonna actually read out Isaiah 9 and Luke 2 for you and then give you 30 seconds. And then we'll look at Zephaniah 3, 30 seconds again, and then John 15. And again, just use this as a moment of contemplation, a moment for us to sit in the living word of the Lord and just rest in its truth. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak anything that he wants to speak to us or just build us up and encourage us and inspire us you know basically give give the lord space to do what he needs to do in and through each of us because it's going to be unique and different for every one of us so i'll put the timer on again and yeah we'll start and from there and then we'll go into a a short journey of discovery of, about joy and just i want to share with you what i've been finding out and um, the things i've kind of stumbled across in the past few weeks of looking at all these different topics um and I hope that you're encouraged. And I actually, I think this week may well bring up some thoughts or questions or certainly like further reading. So if if you do have any comments, questions, concerns, whatever that may be, then please, yeah, absolutely get in touch with me. If you know me, you know how to get in touch. If you don't, adam.penketh, P-E-N-K-E-T-H at novo.org is my email address. Feel free to send me an email. Okay, here's Isaiah 9, verses 2 to 4 for you. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time and as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered their oppressive yoke and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. And then we're jumping right into the birth of Jesus in Luke 2. And this is going from verse 4. And Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David to be registered along with Mary in the census who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in a cloth and laid him in a feeding trough, because there was no room for them at the lodging place. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today a Saviour, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favours. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them but mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them the shepherds returned glorifying and praising god for all they had seen and heard just as they had been told okay let's take 30 seconds now just to reflect on those words Okay, and then moving on to our next, which is Zephaniah chapter 3, 14 to 17. Sing for joy, daughter Zion, and shout loudly, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all of your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord, he has removed your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The King of Israel, Yahweh, he's amongst you. You need no longer fear harm. On that day, it will be said to Jerusalem, do not fear. Zion, God's people, do not let your hands grow weak. Yahweh, your God, is among you, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will bring you quietness with his love. And he will delight in you with shouts of joy. Okay, 30 seconds for you. And our final passage is John 15, 9 to 17. And these are the words of Jesus for you. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. 
You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you slaves anymore because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. And this is what I command you, love one another. Okay, our final 30 seconds. Awesome. I hope you're getting a lot out of, of just that, that simple exercise that takes maybe, you know, three to five minutes, something like that. It's amazing what God can do. Um, you know, God loves to multiply things. He multiplies everything. So if we give him, you know, a couple of minutes of our time like that, where we'll read his word and just sit in stillness and contemplation and and silence and just allow him to do his thing then he always does more than we would ever expect so it, yeah i hope you've been encouraged as i have been alongside you doing doing that with these advent verses it's been really interesting and i try to kind of look into some verses that are slightly different or you know not the usual ones obviously we're we're kind of using the prophecy in isaiah each week as a foundation to what we then look at because it just covers so much of who Jesus is and it's such a beautiful promise that we live in the fulfillment of which is just really awesome to look at so yeah joy um I was just you know my contemplation from from John 15 there was that joy is from Jesus and it's so intertwined with love um you know we we say in the Bible, if, if God says something once, then we should be listening. If he says it twice, we should really be taking note. But if he says something more than that, you know, two or three times, man, it's important. And in this passage, like Jesus just keeps telling us, love one another, love one another, love one another. I didn't, you didn't choose me. I chose you. So love one another. And it's interesting that the partnership um, that we see between love and joy here and that joy again is a part of our spiritual heritage as his kids as his family joy is something that like peace was last week he leaves with us and that he gives to us and it's found in being with him you know the joy that we should have as his kids that is our inheritance is from Jesus. It's not something that we earn or that we have to strive for, but it's something that should be a part of our everyday reality and something that we should be walking in intentionally to give away to other people. It's a game changer in this world. It's something I'm going to get into very shortly. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting to think that way. And also, you know, if we if we look at it from a um, 
the reality that we're in right now, the spiritual battle, the Ephesians 6, you know, our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces and powers in the lower heavens, the, the spirits of evil, you know, the spirit of disobedience, whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. They are there to kill, steal, and destroy the very things that the Lord wants to anoint and bless and empower us with, one of which I believe is joy. So it's interesting that Jesus tells us, kind of gives us an insight into where our joy can be multiplied and increased. And there's two elements in that, John 15. There's him, absolutely, we find joy in Jesus. But then I think the other really important um, aspect of that passage to pull out is that joy is found in community, isn't it? Like, look at that. Like, look how of a collective command this is. Like, love one another as I have loved you. Be friends, be family together, stay together, love one another. So it's, I, I think it's, again, like we were talking about peace. Um, it's almost impossible to maintain a posture of joy in isolation I think because again we're designed to be together we're designed to be firstly together with God in union and communion with him which is what Jesus has done and secondly we're meant to model that and also show it as a as a foresign of of what the Lord is offering to those people that don't yet know him is by loving one another by existing together in a deep vulnerable open life on life type living you know that that is different from what the world shows us you know the way we live should be noticeably different and we can multiply our joy together we can multiply joy together i think that's what i'm taking from this and that's something that i want to try and replicate in our family here um and in our in our microchurch that Shar and i are in as well and um yeah just wherever we can we're designed to do that together so i think if if you've ever struggled with joy Maybe it's because we do isolate these things and think, oh, this is something I need to work on on my own, you know, in that closed door. And, you know, there is an element to that, but it also needs to be in community. I think there needs to be both and more, you know. So, yeah, um, let me take you on a wee journey. So I was reading up on joy this week and just looking into it, and I stumbled across this almost like mic drop line that said that um, anxiety and gratitude cannot coexist at the same time in the mind. So I was, at first I was like, what, really? Is this just some, some kind of, you know, not to be the skeptic, but just to want to, to really look into this. Is this a, a you know, a, a Christian saying or is there some legitimacy behind this so I went on a, a journey and I am a novice with this I'm just you know I have no scientific background at all um I'm more you know artsy studied music um my kind of expertise and most of my knowledge is you know spiritual stuff and bible based and all that kind of stuff so I am looking at this from a you know a normal person's perspective so anyway I went on this journey and had a look because for me, if that's true, then that's pretty huge because I think one of our biggest battles of today's world is is that of anxiety. And um, it, it seems to be more prevalent now than ever before. And, I, you know, part of me wonders whether that's just because there is more language and insight um, 
for it than previous generations and it's something that humanity on the whole has been struggling with for a long time i kind of get that impression you know looking and reading into jesus's words because he knows what he's talking about and he said these words you know a couple of thousand years ago um so maybe it's just part of the the battle that we face against anxiety you know it's one of the ploys of the enemy is to steal our joy to steal the inheritance promised to us by the lord um so anyway this statement right anxiety and gratitude cannot coexist i went to look into it and i found a bunch of different articles and studies i'll put one of them on the link to this this episode um so you can see it for yourself um but there is scientific kind of studies into the like neuroscientific research into the power of gratitude and it was fascinating to me of how powerful it can be they've done research and and for example so they they took a big group of people and they split them in half no split them into three sorry a third they they may do a daily gratitude journal so they just would note down the things that they're thankful for today um another third they those people did like a negative journal like the things that they were anxious or worried or um you know feeling negative about like journaling their negative thoughts and then the third guys just didn't do anything um and just kind of kept on going and they found that there was just a massive impact in the the neurological changes and makeup of the people that did the gratitude journaling on a daily basis um and it was fascinating because i mean what it looks like to me is that um they they explain that anxiety is a a symptom of the the defensive mechanism of the brain it's not necessarily you know a, a bad thing like it's it's real just to say that people experience anxiety and there's some scenarios and circumstances where you should you know definitely feel anxiety but they see the issue of so you know fight or flight that that's kind of the anxiety um that's where it comes from um but i think the issue starts where maybe something really traumatic has happened to a person or you know there's been some kind of ptsd or an event or a moment that has almost scarred that that person um and pushes them into forces them into a a constantly negative mindset that reacts from a place of anxiety initially or it could be um they said as well just um habits neurological habits in your brain where you those pathways become more used and more of your normal so your your everyday normal reaction to things is a fight or flight defensive you know guilt shame violence kind of um all of that those emotions associated with anxiety that becomes your normal um pathways in your brain um but what they're saying is gratitude can literally rewire your brain it can help break these bad habits and um rewire your brain towards positive thinking um and you know like if you read through some of these articles they sound like almost from a christian church perspective it's it's crazy um but just without jesus and it it's fascinating to me because um 
it's amazing to think that God gives us these these commands, you know, love one another and um, worship the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, your soul and your strength. And he gives these commands for a reason. It's for our good, right? As much as it is for our, it's who we're designed to be um, and what we're, we're made to do. And, and it's just fascinating to see that the world is kind of cottoning on and catching these things. By the way, if you can hear like crazy background noises, there's some real life going on. My kids are in the living room. Um, my wife, Charlotte, is out right now. And this is a space I have to record the podcast. They are <laughs> literally like squealing with joy playing Mario Kart, I think. And there's just no hope for me telling them to be quiet. It's just not fair on them. So it's fine if you hear any squeaks or whatever. That's them. But, you know, it seems quite appropriate for a, an episode on joy. <laughs> it's really funny. So anyway, I went into a, a kind of a word study. Because the angels say to the shepherds, this is great, good news of great joy, right? So I looked at that original word for joy, and it's hara, the Greek, C-H-A-R-A. And that's what it it translates into. And gratitude is uh, derived from like the Latin gracia. Grazia, you know, you've heard that before. Gracias is a G R A T I A, and that literally translates into English from the Latin into grace. Um, and grace translates from English into Greek back to the Hara or Harry again. I, maybe that's, you know, I would love to study more about Greek, but I think that's some kind of masculine feminine difference. But the same word for joy. So really gratitude is joy. And if you're thinking of like synonyms, especially for us as believers of what gratitude and joy are, for me, I think it, it it's rooted in worship. That's what I think it is. It's it's rooted in being thankful for, for the Lord and what he has done for us and the, the price that he's paid for us and just worshiping him for who he is as well as what he's done and what he continues to do for us. So it's really interesting to me that joy, worship, can literally be a game changer in how our mind is made up, literally the the physical, neurological makeup of our brain cells can be changed through worship. Um, So I, I actually want to read out psalm 42 some of it to you because what i i know this is a sensitive topic and i don't want to i want to make sure no one feels condemned if they feel anxious or don't feel joyful do you know like we are a real life community of believers here who believe in being vulnerable open and honest and living on the the paradigm that it's it's okay not to be okay and that we don't have to have our smiley faces on have all of our stuff together all the time looking amazing feeling amazing you know that's not what life is about and that's not what i'm saying in this podcast so let me frame this with psalm 42 for you so here we go as a deer longs for streams of water so i long for you god i thirst for god the living god When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while all day long people say to me, where is your God? I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked with many leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. 
Why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Saviour and my God. I am deeply depressed. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and the peaks of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your billows have swept over me. The Lord will send his faithful love by day. His song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. And then it finishes, if I read the end of it, verse 11. Why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Saviour and my God. So the reason I, I chose this psalm is because I think it, it beautifully highlights the, the dance that we have as imperfect humans who are being transformed and made perfect by the Lord, by his love and his grace, his compassion, his healing, his restoration. It's, it's fascinating to see here that depression is accepted, it's acknowledged, you know, there's, a, there's an awareness of that there, and it's not, you know, I, I think it encourages here, us here as God's children not to shy away from these negative feelings that we have, and not to ignore them or to bury them, but to shine the light on them. You know, why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? It's like David's talking to his soul here. Put your hope in God. He's talking to his inner being. He's like, remember the things the Lord has done. Remember who God is. He's intentionally choosing to remember, especially in a place of anxiety and depression, sadness. It's really interesting to see that it's okay to acknowledge that we're not okay. But that the Lord equips and resources us with things that will literally be game changers for us. Um, you know, in Romans 12, it, it talks about um, this is your spiritual worship. Be living sacrifices to the Lord so that your mind may be renewed and transformed so that you can discern what is the perfect pleasing and the good will of the Lord. So it talks about, you know, worship and living in sacrificial worship in everything we do can transform your mind and i think this is the same it's acknowledging the, the 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 battles we're in the struggles that we have taking them to god especially when we're in that place of anxiety when we're in those those yeah those mind spaces of, of negativity going to, to the lord then i think that's something that has been un, untaught or almost undone in our church culture in the west as a whole like you only go to god when you're feeling good whereas i think david and jesus here say the opposite like you go to god especially when you're feeling at your worst that's when you run to god that's when you know you have to go to god if you're feeling down if you're feeling anxious if you're feeling depressed if you're feeling sad or whatever that's when god wants to be with you and that's when that Zephaniah 3 comes into effect, where he will shout over you with joy, that his echoes resounding in heaven will transform you, will heal you, will comfort you, will give you stillness and peace. If you read that again, it's Zephaniah 3, 14 to 17. Go and, go and have a read of it. It's really powerful. So yeah, back to this, this kind of thought of the fact that gratitude, i.e. joy, i.e. worship, defeats in our mind and can help us escape the the bad habits that can be wired into our brain from anxious thinking anxious living anxious thoughts 
and it's it's not about pretending we don't have them it's just restructuring our life our thought processes to be that of gratitude of thankfulness of praise and worship first instead of anxiety breaking the habits you know it like we're we're such creatures of habits and i think we do get stuck in patterns so easily um and what jesus promises us and offers to us is that john 10 10 life of abundance and i think this is one of those invitations for us here is to align ourselves to a a life that is worshipful grateful thankful first and doesn't respond from a place of of anxiety first you know so we do feel anxious thoughts or or moments or we we have you know traumatic events or grief or loss or whatever and we do experience the fullness of these emotions and thoughts but we are not defined in the day-to-day moments by anxiety first if we can somehow structure our lives to move to worship before anything else to to move to you know adoration and praise thankfulness then i think it'll be a massive game changer for us i think it could be huge for the people that we're called to for the communities that we live in for our workplaces for our families you know um so these these um psychology journals that have done a, a lot of research they they give you like pointers um and apparently this is in mainstream kind of um, help for people struggling with their mental health and with depression and anxiety and other things um, is so one of them the, f- the first and the most important one I think they 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 say is a gratitude journal is just practicing and again that's what forms habits right it's doing something regularly and they say you know you need 40 days to really embed a habit in so a daily gratitude journal or a, a daily this sounds really fun to me because it's more collective um is a daily like gratitude jar with your household or with your family or with friends or with someone you know that you see on a regular basis imagine if you could like write on a bit of paper something that you're thankful for and just put it in there it can be as small as you want um and then you know when you're struggling or whatever first of all that that process in itself is an act of worship that's really what it is you you know so and then i think in times where you are feeling low or down or dealing with anxiety to be able to go revisit those and just pull them out and have a read of them and um so there's that there's there's practicing gratitude practicing worship and then there's also we've spoken about this before is receiving so um there's something really sacred about receiving gratitude you know being giving being on the recipient the receiving end of an act of kindness or whatever and of course the greatest one of all is jesus um and that's where i our identity is so important is resting in those truths of what jesus has done for you and just how much jesus loves you and writing them down like jesus loves me jesus died for me jesus did this so that i may be free jesus says that i am this jesus proclaims this over me jesus sings with shouts for joy over me you know like writing these things down about yourself and about who your identity is like i feel like writing them down like it's almost like you know claiming them isn't it it's really it it's putting a line in the sand if we really write these things down and practice 
um, our identity, practice walking in it, practice the truth of that. That really um, will help us align with gratitude and praise, thankfulness and worship. And then the, the other element that we can do is by um, just being generous and doing random act of, acts of kindness, small acts of kindness, looking for ways to bless people constantly, looking for ways to be kind. Um, there's apparently a really powerful neurological effect of just when grace is given. When, when something is received, when there is no warrant or you know reason for it, i.e. Jesus dying for you, obviously is the big one, but if we can replicate what he's done with small acts of just generosity, of kindness, to people around us then that really um apparently that sorts out neurological pathways as well to help us um have a posture that is more positive instead of more defensive and negative and anxiety driven too so practice generosity practice kindness um walk in your identity write them down and also you know daily gratitude journals and it was interesting to read. I saw a bunch of blogs of people that have been long-term, you know, um, on depression journeys of dealing with it in medication and various different ways. And some of them saw um, transformation initially when they were doing gratitude journals and they found a massive, you know, spike in the shift to their thoughts, but then fell back into depression. And there, the one phrase I... I kept seeing was that came up from these people was this question why am I so isolated why am I on my own why am I so isolated and it just it brings me back to that John 15 again is that Jesus commands us to love one another and to be able to love one another we have to be able to share life and be together so really like individual gratitude can only take us so far and this is something that we have that we bring to the world that it doesn't have you know our hyper individualist i.e hyper lonely society that we live in doesn't know the beauty of belonging doesn't know the beauty of knowing you're accepted and loved just in the fullness of who you are that you don't have to do or be anything to belong in god's family apart from know that you're loved by jesus and choose him as your lord and savior and you know even before them you're allowed to be accepted in our microchurches and our spiritual families in our oikos right um, and that's the that's the missing element that the world doesn't have that we carry in abundance is be vulnerable in your communities, be thankful in your communities, practice generosity within your communities, practice gratitude. What could that look like to an intentional collaborative posture towards gratitude, thankfulness and worship on a weekly basis, knowing how important it is and also how potent it is in defeating this weapon of um, anxiety that the enemy uses against us, which is really, you know, the root of anxiety could be fear. Um, and the root of worship is adoration, belonging, love. And we know that perfect love casts out fear because there is no fear in love. And I think that's another element of this here is in worship and gratitude and um, anxiety. So yeah, have a look into it. I'll, I'll post the articles that I've looked at and like i said i'm coming from a purely novice perspective on this but equally fascinated to see how worship can be literally so transformative for us and yeah so there you go joy
So I bless you guys in Jesus' name with a closeness to Jesus, to a a true sense of belonging in your spiritual families, in your microchurches or wherever you, you call home from a spiritual sense. Um, and I bless you with um, a posture of joy in this Advent season and beyond where we can establish habits now that will last a lifetime, that will help us to break free from the shackles of, of depression, anxiety, worry and fear that the enemy uses to try and disempower us as the living stones from, uh, from 2 Peter that the Lord is building up to be his dwelling place and to, to stop us from bringing his love to the world around us and to living in that John 10, 10 life of abundance. So yeah, I bless you with an intimacy with the Lord and intimacy and community that will empower us to be game changers in this world around us. Okay, catch you all later.